You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about training camp, uh, the importance of training camp, and I'm going to actually walk you through the steps in creating training camp so that you, you know, I know many coaches are at the beginning of their seasons right now, you can plan a training camp that will be so effective that it will get your team off on the right foot and it will establish a great foundation for your season and the team going forward. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 162 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week. We're at midsummer. I know there are many teams that are starting tryouts, I believe. There are many teams that are still in the offseason, like myself. There are many teams that are planning and getting ready for their upcoming season. So this is a perfect time for today's episode, which is going to be a guide to planning training camp. Now, before we get any further, I want you to know that training camp is really, really important. It is the foundation to get your season started on the right foot, in addition to among a couple other things. But before we get in there, Um, If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where the goal, just like every other episode, is to deliver value, tangible, step-by-step things that you can take back to your gym and apply right away. And today, I'm pretty certain you're going to get some step-by-step instructions because this is going to be a guide to training camp, okay? Now, if you're listening to this before August 12th, 13th um, of 2023, tickets are still on sale for DVA Live. Head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. We've had a ton of people already registered. uh, And DVA Live, again, the purpose is to help build your championship program in one weekend. It's going to be hands-on. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to walk away with a program built or at least started. And you'll know exactly what you got to do to, you know, build that foundation that, that you would like. To, to see a successful season. That's what I'm trying to do for you guys. All right, so let's talk about <clears throat> training camp today. Now, training camp's important, okay? Training camp is a combination of on-court and in-classroom training where you're going to teach your volleyball program to your athletes, all right? It is a, a weekend or a week long or whatever time frame that you decide to make it of an, a volleyball experience. That's probably the best way I can put it. It's a volleyball experience before you get into preseason. And it's something that you do right when your team is made. As soon as your team is made, you start training camp. Um, providing you have tryouts and you have, like if you're a club coach or a high school coach, providing you have tryouts and then right after tryouts, you're getting ready for your first practice. Well, you won't have your first practice. You would have training camp, okay? In the pros, what happens is when, the, when, when preseason is about to start, they report to training camp before preseason starts. So everyone goes through a training camp first. Well, we're, we're the exact same way. We don't practice uh, before training camp happens. So let's talk about 
why this is so important. Well, if you don't already know, when you first have your team made, okay, a lot of times players don't know each other. So we have to get them all to start building relationships. That's, that's important. Some of them don't know your volleyball system. They don't know your coaching style. They don't know the expectations. And even if they do know the expectations based on last season, they're going to need a reminder. Maybe the expectations have changed. Maybe you're implementing new things this season. Well, everything that has to deal with your program, you want to make sure your athletes go through it before you start practice. It's kind of like when you, when you get your license. In order for you to drive, you have to pass a test. You have to study the driver's ed manual. You got to know your signs and things like that. You like everything before you're able to practice driving, which means you have to pass a test and then you can start practicing before you get, you know, you get your learner's permit or your G1, depending on where you are around the world. They're called different things, but you get what I'm saying. Same thing for us. Before our players can step on the floor, they need to know what our expectations are, what we're looking for, what, how to play this game, you know, like to... To, to an extent. So that's the importance of it. Now let's talk about the preparation, the planning for it. And this is where, again, if you're, if you're, not, if you're driving, you don't have to come back to me, but if you're not driving or not on a run, I want you to write some of the stuff down because I want to help you plan a really good training camp. I've been planning training camps for over 15 years, so I have a little bit of experience in this area, and I know the importance of it, which is why I'm stressing this over and over again. So in addition to what I've just described, training camp is going to establish the culture, the expectations, and it's going to give you an opportunity for questions and answers to happen. So let's talk about this, this, the schedule. How about we start there? What you're going to do is let's, let's pretend this is an ideal situation, meaning I, anything I describe you can do. So a picture perfect situation is going to be for you and your team to go away for training camp. That, that's like the, the, the best case scenario. If you have a budget or you can include this in your budget, your team goes away for, let's say, a weekend or three days. You go away, you rent a, a cottage or a hotel or a house, Airbnb, whatever the case is. You go away. You change your environment so there's no outside distractions. And you go to a different environment, something different where the focus is more intentional. It's just on you guys. And when I coach club... We would go away, you know, an hour and a half away or two hours away. We'd rent a, a cottage and it was a cottage big enough for the team and I'd rent a gym nearby and that's where we had training camp. So we, we put ourselves in a, in a great position So we, and we budgeted for this. We had, we had it included in the budget so it was already paid for and we, we figured out driving situation, all that stuff. And when you're away, again, it's, if it's three or four days, that's ideal. If it's one or two days, that's okay too. And if you can't go away, don't worry about it. We'll, 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 I'll get back to you and we'll talk about what you can do at home. So in addition to it being two or three days or however many days you choose, you need to have a minimum of three classroom sessions and a minimum of three court sessions. Okay, so that's six sessions in total. So let me repeat that. A minimum of three classroom sessions and a minimum of three on-court sessions, all right? So there are six sessions in, to in total that you have to have. All right, hopefully I haven't lost you anywhere. Now, let's imagine that it's day one of training camp, okay? And they're checking in. And they're coming, and they're ready, getting ready to learn, getting ready to go. We're gonna start off training camp 
with a classroom session. Okay, the very first thing you do with your team is a classroom session, and this session is really important. What this session is about is it's establishing who you are as a program. It establishes who you are as a team. You introduce each other. Everyone gets a chance to say hello. This is who I am. Maybe some likes, some dislikes. You know, the whole typical intro when you're meeting new people for the first time. You're going to go over your volleyball manual. Now, if you don't know what a volleyball manual is, I actually did an entire episode on your volleyball manual. I don't remember what it was. You can, if you, go, if you look it up in Spotify, I'm sure you could find it. But <clears throat> the volleyball manual is a written document that outlines not only the policies and procedures of your team, but the culture and expectations of the athletes. Who, what, what is your team's identity? You know, what, do you, what does your team believe in? So to give you an example, in our volleyball manual, we have six pillars that we start off with, you know, things like integrity, <clears throat> um, respect, responsibility, you know, work ethic, you know, things like that. Then we go on to tr- talking about policies and procedures, you know, things like social media use, uh, communication, what, how are we going to communicate with the athletes? Um, we talk about dress codes and game day uh, attire and, you know, all the scheduling and what time we start here, what time is this, lates and absences and all the policies and procedures. We also have a very important section in there about player expectation and player behavior. So things like players are expected to be on time and not be late. Players are expected to high-five their teammates before they do anything when they enter practice as well as before they leave. You know, um, they will not pout or behave negatively that will affect our team. Like there's so many different things about player behavior and that's an important part of our program. So in your volleyball manual, and this is something you have to prepare in the offseason, do it before the season, I want you to sit back and think, what does my team look like? Close your eyes and be like, what What does this team look like on pen and paper? What are their behaviors? What are their actions looking like? What is your culture? And you write it all out in a volleyball manual. And this is what your first classroom ches- session is about. It's about going over the volleyball manual, going over team policies and procedures, and going over the ex- expectations and vision. And you do this in addition, like we'll, we'll, we'll go over the volleyball manual, and then in addition to going over the volleyball manual, you know, uh, I'll show some cl- some motivational clips. Uh, I may show a clip of like Jordan or um, I may find other videos online that I think is relevant to our team. And, and this is an, another opportunity to, you know, set them up in the right direction and, and kind of get them going. Sorry, that's my son in the background. He just came in the room. So... You know, this is this is kind of what what the you know you know session number one is. So you can imagine it's an intro session. It's a time to be motivated, and it's a time to get everyone on the right page. Okay. After this intro session, then you have your on court practice. Okay, so this is your first on court practice. Your first on court practice, you're gonna go and start. You're gonna uh, basically take all the metrics that you need to take. So their vertical jump or their spike touch, maybe their wingspan, maybe their weight if you want to do that. Um, what else you're going to test? Um, yeah, their, their spike touch, you know, their vertical jump. And those are the big ones, like how, how, they, how high they touch. and Because and, you're going to want to track and monitor as, um, as the season goes along. You're then, that first practice, you're going to go through serving and passing, okay? You're going to go through non-system, like non-system skills. So serving, 
passing. You're going to teach them how to pass ball control. So your first session is making sure everyone's doing this, by the way. Everyone has the fundamentals down. You're going to teach what those fundamentals look like. So how to create a platform, how to create angles, the different types of serves that they could potentially do, ball control, okay? All of these things is on session number one, fundamentals, okay? We're not talking about attacking. We're not talking about blocking. Um, we're not talking about digging. We're talking about ball control, serving, and passing. That's a big, big part of our game, and you're going to go through all the fundamentals of those skills that you want to see, okay? I hope I'm not going too fast for you here, okay? So the first session is the intros, is team policies and procedures, or volleyball manual, expectations, vision. Um, it is uh, an opportunity for you to get to know each other a little bit. Then your first on-court session is teaching ball control, serving, and passing from the ground up. So you're not, you're, you're starting, like I do this with my college guys. I, I go a clean slate. I imagine no one knows how to pass. And we go from the, because we want to make sure that, you know, they're, they're aware of what we expect. And we'll, and we'll start off with teaching it. Then we'll start off with like some, some two on two, some three on three to work the fundamentals, ball control drills, coaches on boxes, um, you know, serving and passing. And while we're doing all these things, by the way, we're also continuing to get baseline um, metrics. So how well are they passing? How well are they serving? How well is their ball control? So we're, we're, we're factoring all that in, okay? Can they do multiple different types of serves? We're also trying to figure out what their best serve is, okay? So things like that. So that's practice number one, okay? Now, session number two, or rather, session number three is a classroom session. So this is classroom session number two. And classroom session number two, now we're going to get into systems, okay? So we always like to start with our defensive system first because defensive systems are normally a little bit more complicated to get because you might run a bunch of different blocking systems and things like that. So we start off with our defensive system training. So you have whatever it's a PowerPoint, whether you're drawing, whether you're showing them, you're going to go over your defensive philosophy. You're going to go over different blocking positions. So talking about pin blockers, talking about middle blockers and what they're responsible for, what they're responsible for and what, you know, all the blocking positions and what, what the role is. We're going to talk about blocking concepts and cues, such as ball setter, ball hitter, what to look for as a blocker, eye sequencing, you know, all those things. We're going to get, we're going to dive into that. You're going to then talk about your different block systems, defensive systems. You're going to go over all the different types of block systems. So your bunch blocking system, your spread blocking system, your trap blocking system. And if you don't know what any of these are, I've done uh, other podcast episodes on defensive systems. You can just scroll through it or, or look on Spotify. But what is your defensive system? Do you have a custom defensive system that you're going to do? Not to mention your backcourt. What does your backcourt look like? Are you running up a, a different type of perimeter, rotational defense? So whatever type of defense you're running, and again, this, this, this podcast episode is not going into the defensive systems and defensive training. This is just making you aware that this is the classroom session that you teach all of this stuff to because it's a lot. It's hard to just teach it on the court and have them get it. Sometimes you got to sit down and you have to actually walk them through it, have them make notes, have them write it down. I recommend you filming the, the filming the, the classroom session and posting it on like a, a private YouTube uh, channel so they can go back and watch it because it's going to take some time to get the system down, okay? So that's your second classroom session. After your second classroom session, we're back on the court. 
And this is split up into multiple days, which I'll get into in a second. I'm just going over the sessions. So after you have your classroom session on block defense, now we're going to have a court practice on block defense. And on the court practice, we're going to go over hand positioning. We're going to go over eye sequencing, communication, all the technical stuff. We're going to go over our bunch and spread blocking system. We're going to go over our working on our ceiling and, and all the blocking terminology and, and practicing all the defensive stuff like perimeter, rotational, trap defense. We're going to go over all of this in detail so your players can get a chance to see what it looks like and actually start doing drills regarding these type of things. So this is an opportunity now for you guys to, to, to figure out drills that you're going to do. You know, if you have if you have two courts, by the way, this is fantastic, especially for blocking to separate, you know, players on both sides. So you can get a chance to have uh, get like different looks at different players and giving them their own opportunity to get reps in. Um, and there's lots of different drills you can do. You know, I recommend doing progression drills. So start off with just blocking with no balls like just looking at footwork and hand positioning, then add a ball in, then add a setter in, then add hitters in, you know, things like that. That will help with the block defense stuff. But this is really important, right? So now that you've had the classroom session on block defense, now you have a court session on block defense. So they can correlate the two and then they can, they can then go back and they'll, they'll have a, a, a classroom session that they can reference and then they'll remember the court session, okay? So the next session we have is back to the classroom. And, that, and guess what the classic classroom session is going to be on? Yeah, you guessed it. It's going to be on offense. So the, the third classroom session is on offense. And you're going to teach your offense. You're going to teach what your offensive philosophy is. You're going to teach them, you know, how many hitters are approaching, how many hitting lanes are there. What, what kind? We're going to teach them all the different routes the middles can run and all the different offensive systems you're going to run. What kind of backcourt system are you going to run, you know? Are you going to run inside balls, outside balls, all whatever system you are running, you are going to teach it. And again, offensive offensive systems can be complicated, so we have to make sure that they know what that is. You're going to go over your playbook. You're going to go over what the setter signals are. You know, what is a one? What is a two? What is a three? What is the thumbs up? So all the setter signals, you're going to go over and make sure everyone's on the same page. You're going to teach them how to start thinking about offense. You know, the goal is to create a one-on-one -on -one or one-on-nothing. How are we going to do that as a team? What are your strengths? How are we going to exploit the defense, the other team's weaknesses based on your strengths? You know, all of your offensive stuff, this is when you deliver it in a classroom. And you show them, you draw it out, show them that you expect left sides to do this. You can, you can go over like specific plays, like how you want to run tandems or X's or, or whatever. You know, this is the time to have a classroom session and go over your offensive system. Okay, now, by the way, even if you're a 12U coach, 11U coach, this is important stuff. because It's even more important because 12Us don't know where to go. This is where, this is now we're going to start talking about rotation, like rotation can be added in to this offensive stuff because maybe you're teaching 11U, 12U, and they don't know rotation. So this offensive stuff, all of a sudden you add rotation into this now, you know, that's probably as far as you're going to get if you're a younger age group because they need to know rotation. And then after, based on rotation, they'll know where to go and where to hit and things like that. So really, really important, okay? You could, in theory, have another classroom session just on rotation if you're a younger team. At the older age group, you don't necessarily have classroom sessions based on rotation. You give them a, a handout, and they, they're supposed to know it by then. But you can. You can, you can spend some time on it. That, that could be a fourth classroom session if you need it to be. All right? And then we have our third court practice. And you can guess what that third court practice is. Yes. 
It's an offensive court practice. So this is where you can now start talking about attacking. You can teach the fundamentals of attacking. You can teach the fundamentals of how to swing, your approach, get them to practice hitting, and then get into offensive sequencing. So like, you know, you can, so after you break off into different groups, you can have a middle group, a left side, right side group. Then you could talk about, you know, your out of system hitting, your in system hitting. You can talk about all the different routes that middles are going to go. Um, setters are getting multiple different sets to, to start building that setter hitter relationship. Um, your playbook is now being introduced and your community and all the philosophy and all the team drills. So you could, in theory, break down the offensive session into two. You could have a fundamental driven time where you spend time breaking down the fundamentals of approaching, swinging, timing, different types of shots such as tipping, attacking, all those things, hitting around a block. You could have a literally a, a on-court session just based on that. And then you could have another session on on-court session just on your team philosophy, your team offensive system. So there is you know, potentially two sessions there. That's why I, I said a minimum of three court sessions when I started this episode. So this is your third court practice. And again, you could do four if you needed to, which, which you, in theory you would. Now, in addition to this, okay, you want to have team building sprinkled into this as well. So you're going to have to factor in on days. So what we, we, what we have done, and I, I, I'll go over a, schedule, like a couple sample schedules with you in a sec to show you, but you want to factor in team building, whether that's, you know, whether you have the budget to go somewhere, you know, like do like a haunted house or go-karting or miniature golfing or something, or you just do uh, a team dinner and that's it. Or you go to someone's house, you, you do team things in the hotel, uh, have fun games, you know, all the party games you can do. Team building, you have to factor that in and have multiple opportunities for team building, not just one or two, multiple opportunities, okay? And then the last thing that we like to do is we like to have a inner club scrimmage. So what I do, and you may have heard me talk about this before, is I sit back. Now, if you are... Um, if you're coaching by yourself, this is going to be tough. But if you're coaching with one other coach, you can definitely do this. Uh, a team scrimmage is you, you have like a draft. So it's a private draft. So I'll tell you the way we do it. So my assistant coaches, it's Team Eric versus Team Robert, my two longest assistant coaches. They draft. So my so two assistants versus two assistants. They draft and they draft their players. And once they draft their players, we announce the teams to the players. And then they then have the, the opportunity to meet with the teams to plan their strategies and talk about what they're going to do. And then they have a game. We actually hire refs and make it a thing. And I sit back and I evaluate and assess and have fun watching too. And it's an opportunity for the players to solidify their role at the end of training camp. So we'll see who the starters are coming out of training camp. You know, who the best players are coming out of training camp. It gives everyone an opportunity to go at it. And that solidifies that solidifies who technically are the starters. And then we like to have, after that inter-club scrimmage, we like to have a scrimmage against another team right after that, like the next day, so that those guys who earned that starting spot can go out there and show what they can do against a team. So that's how a typical training camp can look. And you can add things to this training camp, by the way. You absolutely can, okay? So let's talk about... A typical schedule, if you had the ideal schedule, okay? Day one, day one of training camp, you start off with a classroom session. So you can say like, 
let's get, let's 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 let's, hype, let's put a hypothetical here, okay? Let's do day one, Thursday at six thirty. So six thirty to seven forty-five, you have your first class classroom session, which is your intro intro presentations, your volleyball manual, your policies and procedures. Then eight to ten, you have practices. You have your first on-court practice. And then after that, you have your team one-on-ones, which I completely forgot to mention, by the way. One-on-ones. This is where you have your first set of one-on-ones with your players. Ooh, can't believe I forgot that. So one-on-ones are where every player gets about 10 minutes with the coaching staff, and you talk about, you know, get a chance to know them a little bit better, talk about their goals, talk about where they see themselves this season, talk about how you're going to be able to support them and what your expectation from the athlete is, you know, like things like that. It's a one-on-one. It's an opportunity for them to express how they feel, any concerns they have, you know, let them, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for you guys to talk for 10 minutes and you do this at the beginning of training camp. So one-on-ones are sprinkled out throughout the entire set of uh, the entire training camp because you can't get all of it done at once. So you have your classroom session, your encore practice, then you have your team one-on-ones. Okay. That could be your uh, a typical like evening. Then you have, you know, Friday could be another day. Um, so I'm looking at an old schedule here. So I'll tell you. So Saturday, Thursday, 6.30 to 7.45 classroom session, 8 to 10 practice, and then 10 to 11 team one-on-ones. Now, obviously, you can't keep your athletes at 11 o'clock at night, so you might you might modify this. Then we had Friday was all day. Uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. was we started off with team one-on-ones. And then 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m., we had our second classroom session. Then 12 to 2, we had our... To our team practice on court, then two to three, we had a late lunch, then three to four, we had our fourth classroom session, or sorry, our third class, classroom session, then four to six, we had our third on-court practice, and then six to eight, we had our team one-on-ones, then we did the draft that night, and then at 12 on Saturday, players came in to get early touches, meet with their respective teams, at two o'clock, we had the interclub scrimmage, and then at 3.30, we departed for Niagara Falls, which is a big attraction here in Toronto. Well, it's not in Toronto. It's in Niagara Falls, but it's in Canada. And at Niagara Falls, we did a lot of dinner. We did a lot of attractions. So we might do go-karting. We might do, we did a, last year we did a haunted house. And then we go to the hotel, have a team meeting back at the hotel. And then the very next day, we play our first game against uh, a team out in Niagara. Okay? There is a typical training camp for you. Now, obviously... I coach at a college, which we have a little bit of a budget. If you don't have a budget and you can only do a weekend, you sprinkle this in the weekend. Now, here's what I tell coaches that are on a budget, okay? If you can't go away, you can do all this at home. You can do your encore sessions and your classroom sessions in your school gym or in the gym you're renting. Now, if you can't get a weekend, because in theory, it'd be nice to do this over a weekend, so you have the full set of days to train. If you can't do this over a weekend, you can't even do this a day, you sprinkle this in your practice schedule. So you have practice number one, your first practice, you don't touch the court. You do a classroom session at practice if you can't find anywhere else. Or I would say do it at someone's house if you can't find anywhere else. Can't, don't go, before you get on that court practice, do it at someone's house. Then your first practice will be your, you know, your actual practice. Then you have to have team one-on-ones. Now, you don't have you don't need to rent a gym to have team one-on-ones. You can do it anywhere. You can do it outside the gym. You can go do it at a Tim Hortons. You can do it anywhere you want. So do your team one-on-ones, okay? So sprinkle in team one-on-ones throughout training camp. You have to get that done. It's important. And if you can't keep kids back after, do it on Zoom, all right? There's lots of ways of doing team one-on-ones. So 
you can make this part of your practice schedule. And then your second practice, you'll have your classroom session, then you'll have your another practice. Okay. So you can, you can kind of sprinkle it in the beginning, the beginning of your season when you have your first set of practices, if you really needed to, and then add in your team outings. And, and again, if you're on no budget, all it takes is, you know, some pizza, go to an athlete's house, have the, have the team over at a coach's house, you know, and, and do your fun games there. You can do a lot of fun games. You can do all those minute to win it games. You get a party game and, and get, a, get a chance to know each other. So you can do this on no budget. You really can. And if you have a little bit of a budget, then that's even better. I've done this on no budget. Well, I should, I should not personally, but I've helped coaches do this on no budget just by getting creative and implementing it in their seasonal like plan with their permit schedule and things like that. But it's really, really, really important that you do this. And I, I hope the fact that I'm breaking training camp down to you and breaking it in a, a sec, like a sequential order it makes you understand why it's so important. And many coaches, believe it or not, when I have conversation with coaches, they don't do this. They'll just start their on um, practice number one, and then they'll start going. Like, don't get me wrong; they'll start teaching the fundamentals and things like that. But there's no combination of classroom and team building and on court. Like, it has to be structured and organized. You know, like the first classroom session. There's a reason that's first. Then there's a reason the first on court practice is the way it is. Then there's a reason that you have your second classroom session. You know, you don't want to start randomly doing practices without getting all of the stuff done in the beginning, because when they finish training camp. You better believe your team is going to be completely different, completely different than when you started because now that they've gone through it, okay? A couple of things that I also want to add is at the end of training camp, you want to give an assessment and Kahoot is a great way. It's a free app, Kahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T, where you can do like an online assessment and the kids love it. It's a lot of fun. They can use their phones and do it. And it's a way where you want to test their understanding. So you create this fun quiz beforehand and you can add in the stuff of all the classroom sessions that you did and see how well your team does. And if players are failing, then you know that they don't know the stuff. And if it's a good, it's a kind of a shout out to them and you to see who really understands who we are as a team and what our culture is and our systems and processes and the type of volleyball we play and who doesn't. And that would give you a really good indication of who does and who doesn't. So that's your way of assessing it afterwards. So make sure you do that. It's really, really important that you make sure that you do an assessment at the end, okay? So let's just recap, okay? Recap real quickly here. I could probably talk about this for an hour, but I, want to, I wanted to make this very simple so that, you know, you coaches can be creative and, and make it your own, you know? This is, I, I gave you a kind of a blueprint for it, but you can modify this and make it your own and, and implement whatever you want. But the whole purpose of training camp is to make sure you establish who you are as a program before you do anything else. And remember, it's a combination of on-court and in-classroom training where you teach your volleyball program to your athletes. You're gonna establish the culture and the expectations as well as your volleyball program, okay? And if a, a dream situation is going away, but you don't have to, but if you can go away and change the environment that they're used to, I find that you really get the most out of the athletes because there's no mom and dad, it's just you and the, and the athletes. You're going to show them, rather, you're going to go over your volleyball manual, which is all your not only all your policies and procedures, but your culture, your identity, you know, the, the pillars of your program, etc. A training camp is consisted of a minimum of three classroom sessions, being your intro session, your uh, which is your volleyball manual, your your you know your intros and your expectations and your vision, all that stuff, an offensive training session and a defensive training session. 
okay? You could also throw in a fourth session on rotation, okay? You're also gonna have a minimum of three court sessions, and that's a minimum. In theory, you could be doing five. You're gonna have one on the fundamentals of serving, passing, and ball control. You're gonna have one on defense and blocking, and again, you could turn defense and blocking into two, because you could do the fundamentals of block defense, and then you can go over your block defense systems. And then the third one, again, you can break this up into two if you wanted to. You could have a fundamentals on attacking, uh, at, yeah, attacking to different in different positions, and then going over uh, offensive systems. That could be two sessions. So like at, fundamentals of attacking will be you know how to approach, two step approach, three step approach, four step approach, you know how to jump high, all the technical stuff for there. Then you how to swing the mechanics of swinging. Swinging with a block, swinging with no block, you know, tipping, rollings, power tip, all that stuff. So all the fundamentals of attacking. Then you could have a session on uh, your systems, like your offensive systems. Okay, so there you go. So minimum three, five would be ideal. Now, if you don't have an opportunity to do this all in a weekend, like make this a three to four day training camp all at once, then you will sprinkle this over the practice schedule that you have. But really try to get at least one day where it's a full day of training. It means more because you can bang out, you know, a classroom session and an encore session. Um, you can bang out like two classroom sessions and two encore sessions in a full day, and it helps get the things it helps get things rolling. You want to make sure that you have your team one on ones that weekend as well. All the team one on ones should be completed, so you can add that info to your player profiles. Um, and you want to make sure you take your metrics. All your metrics need to be taken during this weekend as well. So you have a baseline that you can that you can monitor over the course of the season. Okay, so that's it. I hope you got some value out of today's episode. This is pretty much a blueprint to planning your training camp. Um, if you haven't signed up for DVA Live, uh, we we go into more detail on training camp in DVA Live, in addition to a lot of other things, by the way. So um, this is this is one ingredient to building a championship program. <laughs> this is one ingredient. You're gonna get all the ingredients on DVA Live uh, on August 12th, 13th if, uh, if you haven't signed up yet. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you wanna be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBtraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.